You're listening to the What The Fab podcast, where empowered women empower women through candid conversations, inspiring stories, and tangible tips. I'm your host, Elise Armitage. I'm a digital creator, and I left my nine to five job at Google to chase my dreams of being an entrepreneur. I'm so happy to have you here. Let's get into some real talk. Hello, and welcome back to the What The Fab podcast, episode 56. We are kicking it off with my income report from 2022. I had to think for a second there. I was like, what day is it? What year is it? What year was last year? We're doing my income report from last year. And if you'll recall, at the beginning of 2022, I decided to, for the very first time, share my income report from 2021. And I was inspired to do so from a friend of mine, Ellen Yin, that I had met in a mastermind group. And she does a really awesome breakdown every quarter of her business's revenue and finances and expenses and lessons learned. And I had seen a few other entrepreneurs in the digital space do this. And I always thought that was really amazing. I hadn't really seen any bloggers doing it. I had seen kind of like some old school bloggers sharing their income reports in terms of like how much they were making from ads and affiliate links. But I hadn't really seen like a super in-depth breakdown that also included expenses and like, what were your expenses? How much did you spend on contract labor? All those things. And so that is what motivated me to start sharing these income reports. And when I decided to do that, I was just thrilled with the feedback from it. So I got feedback from people saying that by me sharing my income report, it made them comfortable to start talking about how much they were making from different platforms. Like, for example, one blogger shared Like to Know It. So she started sharing her profits from Like to Know It, which resulted in people being like, I want to learn from you. How are you making so much money from Like to Know It and from the app? And she created a course all about Like to Know It based on that feedback. And she sent me this amazing message being like, I just want to thank you for putting your numbers out there because it encouraged me to do the same, which resulted in me creating an entirely new revenue stream for my business, which is so exciting, literally what it's all about. Like that is why I put these numbers out there because I want other women, I mean, men can use the numbers too, but like my passion is helping women make more money. And when women have more information and financial knowledge, that is power and that is powerful. And it's really exciting for me to see like me putting these numbers out there and having it have a broader reach and just create more impact in that way. And last year, I was starting to do these income reports quarterly, but if you have been paying attention, I skipped Q3 because I just completely took a break from the podcast. So as I mentioned in episode 55, I had basically lost a lot of my support within the business, and then I also was traveling a bunch, and so I just put the podcast on pause. I knew that I would come back to it. There was no question about that. And now in the new year, in January, I'm excited to be revamping the podcast. I have a brand new editing team that is supporting me. I have a new content manager that's supporting me. And so now I feel like I can really consistently be putting these episodes out. So that's why I skipped Q3. 
for the income report, not because I was trying to hide anything, but because I was just taking a break in general. And honestly, I looking back at it, I feel like my Q3 income report would have been pretty similar to Q2. And that's another thing I'm thinking for 2023, I might do these just every half a year instead of quarterly. So doing one now, doing one in the summer, and then at the end of the year. So that's kind of what I'm thinking, unless something surprises me and something crazy happens in one of the quarters that I really want to share because there's like a valuable lesson in it. But that's kind of what I'm anticipating for the year ahead. So before we dive into this episode, I just want to do a quick reminder to please be sure to rate and review the podcast. If you've been enjoying it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can leave reviews on Spotify now and be sure to hit subscribe through whatever platform it is that you're listening through. Because like I said, we are coming back with a bang, people. We're doing these episodes weekly. So I just had the realization that I am actually going to be releasing this episode almost exactly on my four-year anniversary of leaving Google, which is crazy. I can't believe that it's been four years already. I think January 19th was my first like official day as a full-time blogger, and this episode should be coming out on the 18th. But yeah, looking back at my numbers, because it's always an interesting exercise when I'm getting ready to share an income report, because I really go through all of my finances, my transactions in QuickBooks, like all of the money that's coming in and going out. And I had this realization that during that four-year span, since I've been running What the Fab full-time and since I left Google, my business has brought in a million dollars in revenue over that time. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm a millionaire yet. I'm getting there. But of course, there's all of these different expenses that come with running a business. And how I've brought that revenue in and what that looks like has changed over the years. You'll hear in this episode, it's changed so much 2022 compared to 2021. So that was just a really exciting realization that I had and that I wanted to share before we break down the numbers and get into 2022's revenue. So drum roll, please. My business's revenue from 2022 was $228,963. So just under 229K brought in for total profits for 2022. So let's go ahead and break that down across the different revenue streams. So first and foremost, we have sponsored brand campaigns. So this one's really interesting, and I've started to hint at this at different quarterly income reports that I've been doing throughout the year. I talked about it in my episode where I discuss things that I'm doing as a blogger to prepare for a potential recession. That was episode number 52, if you want to go back and listen to that one. But Sponsor brand campaigns across the board have been down. And so last year, I made a little over $141,000 from sponsored brand campaigns, which is, don't get me wrong, a great chunk of change. But when you compare it to 2021, that number for sponsored brand campaigns in 2021 was hold on to your pants, ladies and gentlemen, $255,000. So I made $113,000 less in brand campaigns in 2022 as compared to 2021. So just looking at that, that is frightening. And it's 
pretty crazy to me the very sudden shift that we as content creators felt when it comes to sponsored brand campaigns. I know that I would say 90% of my influencer and blogger friends felt this shift last year as well. It was like the faucet was turned way, way lower. And I have known, I mean, I think anyone with common sense would figure that sponsored Instagram campaigns were not going to be it, like the only way that we're making money forever. But I personally was not expecting the shift to be so soon and so sudden. And a lot of my blogger friends have been experiencing the same thing and seeing a decline in their brand campaigns. I've shared a lot of text message threads and Slack pings with my close blogger girlfriends about like, oh my gosh, how was your quarter? Like, I haven't had any new brand campaigns come in this month. My inbox has been so quiet. So if you have been feeling that way, you are not alone. I've talked about this in previous episodes, but I really think that there, I mean, one is just the uncertainty around the economy that is causing that. And then two, well, no, I've got three things. So one is the uncertainty around the economy. Two would be the decrease in reach across Instagram in organic reach. So, I mean, brands can see when they pay for a sponsored post, it's reaching less people than it was three or four years ago. And then three is there's just so much competition. Like this industry is saturated and there's been an explosion after the pandemic of Gen Z TikTokers that I'm going to throw a little bit of shade here, might not know what they're doing when it comes to running a business and might be willing to take on campaigns for free product versus more seasoned content creators aren't willing to do that. And so if you're a brand and you're like, oh, I can get this TikToker with 100,000 followers to post about my product for free versus this millennial TikToker, Instagrammer, content creator is wanting to charge me $3,000, which one am I going to pick? I think that with time, brands will see that like there's a difference in quality there. But yeah, this past year, I think they've been kind of like jumping on to the free content creation, which who wouldn't want to try that out? So those are kind of my three hypotheses of what is causing this decrease in sponsored brand campaigns. This episode is brought to you by Flowdesk. Flowdesk is an incredible email marketing service provider, and they are the platform that I use for my email campaigns for What the Fab. The platform is so intuitive and easy to use. It's very drag and drop. And best of all, it's aesthetic AF. The templates are beautiful, and you can easily add your own brand colors to it to make sure that your emails look and feel like you. I used to use MailChimp back in the day, but after trying Flowdesk out about a year ago, I was in love and I know you will be too. You can give Flowdesk a try for 30 days free. And if you want to keep them, which I know you will, you can use my referral link to lock in a 50% off price at $19 a month and lock that in forever. You can get this offer and try it for free at whatthefab.com slash Flowdesk. And that is spelled F-L-O-D-E-S-K. That's whatthefab.com slash flowdesk. I can't wait to see what stunning emails you create. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Now, let's talk about some of the other revenue streams that helped kind of balance out that loss of sponsored brand campaign revenue. So my next one 
that I'm super, super excited about is Mediavine. And as a reminder, Mediavine is the platform that I use for serving up ads on my website. So when you go to whatthefab.com, you read a blog post, you will see ads within that content that is being served up by Mediavine. And I am getting paid based on how many impressions, how many views those ads get. So last year, Mediavine brought in a little over $49,000 for me, which is like, I am like the mind blown emoji right now. I'm so excited about that because in 2021, I made a little over $28,000 from Mediavine. So that is a 72% increase. And that increase is due to me almost doubling my traffic when I compare year over year. And I will say that RPMs, which is like the rate per, I think it's rate per milli is what RPM stands for, but it's basically like how your revenue is calculated and it's based on your sessions on your website and your traffic. RPMs have been down on Mediavine in 2022. They made a statement about it. It's down across the board 7%. And so if you are on Mediavine or probably AdThrive or any of those, you know, larger ad placement companies, you might have seen a decrease in your RPMs. And so that's just, I think, also a sign of the uncertain economy. And even with that dip in RPMs, I was still able to grow my Mediavine earnings last year to almost $50,000, which is wild because that is my passive revenue. Like some of those blog posts, some of them were brand new that I or a freelancer wrote last year, but some of them were like three years old that was generating that revenue from Mediavine. And so I am really doubling down on Mediavine and growing my website traffic for 2023. We'll talk about that towards the end of this episode because I'm going to do a little recap and kind of highlight some of my goals for this year and what I'm leading into and what I'm leaning out of. So that was Mediavine. Super exciting. The next revenue stream is affiliate links. And last year, my blog brought in a little over $20,000 in affiliate links. I'm definitely leaning into growing that revenue stream as well for this year. And again, we'll talk about that in a sec. And then the last revenue stream that was brand, brand new for me in 2022 was, of course, six-figure SEO, my SEO course that I launched in the summer. And last year, that brought in $17,585. Really excited about that. It was such a labor of love. And I worked on it for months and months. I had the beta students that came on board with me. I had a handful of students that I recorded the course with live. It got their feedback live and then took the recordings of those sessions and created my course out of it. Here's something crazy that I hadn't really shared yet. I was under an NDA. That has since expired. I'm not going to share too much of the details, but just kind of the high level of it. But here's like the universe delivering. So I'm getting ready to launch this course by myself. I am thinking about like all the, you know, funnel pieces and like, okay, so I need to create a webinar and like have a landing page. And then where am I going to host it? And what does the funnel look like? And I get this opportunity to meet with somebody from Teachable. 
And I got to hear about this service that they were doing where basically they would partner with a content creator and help them launch their course in exchange for a percentage revenue share. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, they obviously have so much deep, deep knowledge and data around what makes a successful course, webinar, funnel, email sequence, like all those things. And we came to an agreement and they helped me launch the course in June. So that was a whole new experience for me. And just super grateful for all of their guidance and expertise. I was able to really, I feel like, 10x what the launch would have been if I had just been doing it by myself. So that timing worked out so, so well. And now I'm really looking at 2023 as like, okay, how can I, now that the course is like something that I can play around with and do different things, like I have it, it's here, people have bought it, I have students enrolled, how can I scale it? So we'll talk about that towards the end of this episode of how I'm thinking of growing and scaling. But let's break down the expenses. So you've heard the profit numbers, you've heard the different revenue streams. I think it's important to talk about expenses because first of all, I just like hearing what are business owners spending their money on because for me, it's like, oh, maybe I didn't think of XYZ, like maybe I could try that. But also, you could have a million dollar in revenue business, but your expenses might be 800K. So your net profit is 200K. And I would rather have a business generating 300K in profit with 100K in expenses because you're making the same profits. And I'm willing to bet that the 300K business is causing you a lot less headache, taking you a lot less energy, a lot fewer people to manage and run. And as your business scales and you hire support, it's super exciting. And yes, you can get more done. There's more output. But managing people is also a whole other kind of energy and effort. So let's talk about expenses. My total expenses for 2022 were $68,104. So just over 68K. Now, when I pulled up that number in QuickBooks, my first reaction was like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of money to spend on running my business. But when I break it down and I look at my net profit and my profitability, I'm like, you know what? I'm right where I want to be. So let's break that down a bit further. The biggest chunk, and this trends with 2021 as well, but the biggest chunk went to contract labor. I spent around $6,000 less on contract labor in 2022 as I did in 2021, which makes sense because I was without support for a few months. And last year, I spent just under $48,000 on contract labor. So that would include my content manager, virtual assistant, freelance writers. I'm trying to think who else supported me throughout the year. My house manager slash personal assistant, that would all fall within that contract labor. And then the second biggest chunk of expenses would be apps and software. And that came to $11,738. So again, just quickly looking at that number, I'm like, whoa, that's a lot to spend on apps and software. But as I started combing through it in my QuickBooks transactions, I was like, yep, nope, that makes sense. I mean, it adds up. Like, Adobe, Lightroom and Photoshop, Canva, 
um, Dropbox, my whole like G suite that my business runs on. I have a more expensive hosting company for my website because I want to make my site faster. Tailwind for Pinterest, like so many of these things. Some of them I do as annual charges. Some of them are monthly expenses. And yeah, that's how much I spent on apps and software last year. And then the third largest chunk was advertising. And that was $5,420. And so that would mostly be like Facebook ads, also job posting. So like I counted that as advertising. Some places make you pay a fee to post a job listing. And then the other chunk was I spent a good couple grand on Starbucks gift cards. I'm counting that as advertising because that was for encouraging readers to take a survey. And the survey was actually tied to my potential partnership with Teachable. So they wanted to see a certain amount of responses in order to move forward with a potential partnership and negotiations. And I was like, listen, (laughs) I just feel like for me personally, whenever I see a survey land in my inbox, I cannot hit delete fast enough. Like, I don't care who you are. (laughs) I just don't have time. So what can I do that is simple and will entice people to actually fill out this survey? And so I decided to just dedicate a budget of $2,000 to $5 Starbucks gift cards. So I was like, if you fill out this survey, I will give you a gift card. And I just kind of told myself it was definitely a leap because there was still no guarantee that we were even going to go through with this partnership. But I just felt like I wanted to set myself up for the best chance possible to be able to move forward with that. And I just felt like if we were able to come to an agreement that this partnership was going to be really, really valuable for me in the long term. And so I just set aside that budget for that. And that was a big chunk of that advertising budget. So now that you've heard the profit, the expenses, the breakdown, let's look at the total net profit and profitability. So my net profit last year was $160,859 bringing me to 70% profitability, which I've Googled around for like, what is a good profitability rate? What's a good profit margin for online businesses? And I come up with anything from like 20 to 50%. I usually try to be 70% or higher. Last year, I was 77%. So slightly lower this year, but also my revenue was lower this year as well. So I'm really happy with that profit margin. I think that's really solid right where I want to be. And I also feel like last year was just like a year of building for me. And so there were definitely like larger investments that I made last year that I won't necessarily have to make in 2023. So for example, I think I'll do a whole other episode about this, but I completely revamped my website. I redesigned it and it's so much faster now. The layout makes so much more sense. And so that was an expense. And just a couple other things like that, that added to that expense number that won't necessarily transfer over to 2023. So there you have it. So some reflections and lessons learned. 
I am so thrilled to announce that my flagship program and course, Six Figure SEO, is now available, and we've just enrolled a new cohort of students. You can check out my free webinar at whatthefab.com slash webinar. It's called Three Steps to Creating Passive Revenue from Your Blog and how SEO is the secret to a six-figure recurring revenue stream. So in this one-hour free masterclass, you'll learn how to take back your time and get off the content creation hamster wheel. I know we all want that. You will learn the five best ways to monetize your website to create passive revenue, whether you're a blogger, service provider, or sell a physical product. We also get into the top three biggest mistakes that bloggers make on their website when it comes to SEO. SEO. Here's a hint. You're probably making them right now, and we'll get into how to fix them. And we get into so much more. We packed so much, just a ton of knowledge into this free webinar, and it'll teach you how I've used SEO to turn my blog into a six-figure recurring revenue stream and how you can do the same. You're going to learn a ton from it. I know that people who have joined the first live webinar learned so much, and like I said, we packed a lot of information in there. You'll also also get a taste for what you can expect from my course, Six Figure SEO. Plus, there may be a very special offer inside the webinar when you watch it. So head on over to whatthefab.com slash webinar, sign up, and we'll see you there. Okay, let's get back to the show. First thing, let's talk about the elephant in the room. <laughs> if you've listened to my first income report, you know that in 2021, I made a little over $300,000 in revenue. And so this number for 2022 is 71K less than the previous year. But I'm feeling really good about it. And I'm honestly surprised to tell you that I am feeling good about making so much less. And remember, I share these numbers just so that you can dig into the finances and take lessons from it and apply them to your own business. Everyone is going to have a different frame of reference. To some people, that number is going to sound like, oh my gosh, that's so much. I don't think I could ever make that much. To other people, it's going to sound like, yeah, that's what I make in a quarter or a month. And it's not meant to be comparison. Comparison is the thief of joy, and it's super not helpful. What it is meant to do is, like I said, help you take numbers and lessons and run with them. I am definitely, I'm a competitive person. I'm not competitive so much with other people. Well, that's a lie. If I'm playing a game, like ask my husband when we play Mario Kart on Nintendo Switch. I'm very competitive. I'm mostly competitive with myself from yesterday, from a year ago. Like, I'm always wanting to one-up myself and to grow. And I've had this conversation with a lot of other digital entrepreneurs. It can start to get really exhausting when you apply that to your revenue and your financial numbers because it's just impossible to grow every single quarter, every single year. And I finally, over the course of last year, kind of came to terms with that and made peace with that. Because at first, as I was doing my income reports and I was like, oh, I made less in Q1 of this year compared to last year. Oh, I made less in Q2 of this year compared to last year. Like, at first it was kind of like, ugh, like it was not a great feeling. And now I'm like, 
more than okay with it. I'm super happy with my numbers and I'm super happy with the year of building that I had. It took a really long time to launch that course, but I did it. I learned a ton. I enrolled new students and now I have this entirely new revenue stream that I can do all these different things with. And so while I was putting so much time and energy into the course and it wasn't necessarily bringing me profit in that moment, it is for the long term. And so now, I mean, when I was in Mexico City, somebody purchased the course. Like, that is such an exciting feeling to make almost $1,000 seemingly out of thin air, but obviously it's coming from all of the months and months of hard work and also years of experience and trial and error of SEO on my own site. That's where that's coming from. But in that moment, it literally feels like somebody just blink dropped $1,000 into your bank account, which is wild. So so glad that I took a huge chunk of last year to build that course and to launch it. The other reflection that I had that I thought was interesting is that I was out of office for 60 days last year. That's not counting weekends or holidays that you normally would get off in a corporate job. And I was curious as I was working on my notes for this episode and like my numbers and everything, I was like, how many days did I work last year? Because If you'll recall, or if you've heard before in other episodes, I try to take Fridays off. I definitely wasn't doing that as much while I was launching the course because it was like all hands on deck, nights and weekends. I also wasn't doing that as much in Q4 because I, at the beginning of Q4, was just like traveling a ton. And then when I do get back to the office, it's like I feel like I need to be in the office every day, Monday through Friday, to kind of catch up. But for a lot of the year, I was taking Fridays off, and my plan for 2023 is to pick that back up again, which I have been doing. And so between the Fridays off and then the shit ton of travel that I was doing, and I know obviously some of that travel was tied to, well, all of the travel is tied to the blog in some way. It's being monetized in travel posts. Sometimes I'm getting paid to travel, which is the literal dream, but I don't count that as days being in the office. I count that as being out of office, even though I am working and I am not trying to be like, oh, poor me, it's so hard to be a travel blogger. Like, yes, it's hard and exhausting, but I would literally not trade it for anything. So yeah, when I counted up all those days that I was out of office last year, it was 60 And I was just reflecting on like, wow, when I was at Google, I had worked my way up to 25 days off in a year. Because when you start, I think you get 15. Then after a couple years, you get 20. And then after five years at the company, you get 25. And I remember at the time thinking like, oh my gosh, it's like so much time off. It's so great. And now being like, whoa, there were 60 days that I wasn't in the office last year. That is pretty crazy. And I just feel like really grateful that I've set myself up to have that insane amount of flexibility. So to wrap things up, I thought it would be fun to share some thoughts on my revenue goals for 2023 and how and what I'm planning to lean into and try to scale this year. Let's start with brand campaigns, or actually, let's start with my overall revenue goal. My overall revenue goal for 2023 is 400K. And so here's how I've broken it down. Brand campaigns. 
I had put $120,000 for brand campaigns, and that was actually before I did my official deep dive looking at how much I made from brand campaigns last year. And so knowing that 2022 brought in a little over 140, I'm like, maybe I can bump that up. But honestly, brand campaigns, the writing's on the wall. And if you haven't started to diversify your revenue streams and you've been feeling that pinch from last year of having fewer brand campaigns, I don't think they're all of a sudden going to like come back and be how things were before. So if you haven't started diversifying, now is absolutely the time. So that's my goal for brand campaigns. If it ends up being more, great. If not, that is okay too. And then my next one is Mediavine. My goal there, it's a big one. I want to double or a little bit more than double my revenue from Mediavine this year and bring it to 100K. And Mediavine last year launched this loyalty program called Mediavine Pro, where if you hit 100K in revenue within a year, you're eligible for Pro and it basically bumps up your revenue share a little bit. You make a little bit more from, I don't know if it's based on impressions or what have you, but I want to be on pro and I want to be on pro and qualify for it before third-party cookies go away in Google Chrome. So that is happening sometime in 2024. I think they've said like in the summer. And that is going to make our ads earnings take a dip at least for the foreseeable future when that happens. I do think it's going to even out, and Mediavine's already taking steps to balance things out. But I just think it'll be harder to hit 100K in revenue in one year on Mediavine after third-party cookies go away. So that's the goal for Mediavine. For affiliate links, same thing. I want to more than double. I have a goal of 50K from affiliate links for this year. And then my six-figure SEO baby, I want to take my course to a six-figure revenue stream. So I want to get my course to bring in $100,000 this year. And then I have a miscellaneous section for podcasting, speaking events, like other opportunities that come up. I am really planning on being consistent with the podcast, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. So I'm hoping to get some new sponsors. And I also am interested in doing more paid speaking engagements. So for that, I put the goal at $30,000. So how I'm planning to scale these different streams for brand campaigns, I think that I really don't have to do a ton of pitching to hit that 120K number. I'll work with brands that I have worked with on an ongoing basis. I'll do some pitching. Some things will land in my inbox, and I think I'll be able to hit that number comfortably. For Mediavine, And for affiliate links, my goal and how I'm planning on scaling those is just through growing my traffic. So I recently hit 200,000 page views in a month, which was like such a big deal. Could not believe it. Like could not believe my eyes when I saw that on my Google Analytics. And I need to sit down and put together some like specific traffic goals. But at this point, I've just been like volume. Like I just need to produce more content. So for me, it's pretty much impossible to create more than like one or two blog posts a week that I'm publishing by myself. And so that's why I have started hiring freelance writers that are supporting me with this. So I have some that are focused on travel content. I always write my own travel guides 
because I want to be able to talk about my own personal experiences from all these places, but things like top five free museums in Vienna. Like somebody else can research that, write that up, and then I can use my own photos or grab some photos from Unsplash. So that's what I'm getting support with for travel blog posts. And then you'll notice that I have also been doing a lot of like product review style posts or like top five Korean beauty moisturizers, things like that. And that obviously takes a lot of time and research and trying product. And that is something that I've been getting support with from freelancers as well. And as my traffic grows, so do my Mediavine earnings and my affiliate link earnings. So that is the goal there. For six-figure SEO, I just started running Facebook ads for the webinar. And so I'm really excited to be scaling the amount of people that are like going through the funnel. And hopefully I'll have exciting things to share about that. I literally just turned the ads on yesterday. And so that's one way that I'm hoping to scale the amount of students that are enrolling in the course. And then I'm also looking to do some joint venture partnerships this year. So finding people that have an audience that would be a really great fit for the course and doing kind of like a partnership style launch with them where like they are promoting the webinar to their audience. They are joining myself and the JV partner live in a webinar room. We're going through it and they get a percentage of any sales that come through that. If that's you, if you feel like your audience would be a great fit for learning about how to create passive revenue through your website from SEO, hit me up. You can slide in my DMs. I'm at WTFab or shoot me an email, Elisa with the fab.com. I am definitely looking to do I think at least once a quarter, but ideally maybe once a month. We'll see. I'm excited to try that out. All right. Well, those are my closing thoughts, you guys. <laughs> That's everything. Those are the numbers. I've bared my soul. I hope it was helpful. I hope it was interesting. I'm really excited for the year ahead. Lots of big goals to crush and to go for. And I hope that hearing the kind of behind the scenes and finances was insightful for you. And I've heard this from several people that their business brought in less money in 2022 than it did in 2021. So if you're in the same boat, you're not alone. And it's just part of being an entrepreneur. And I think that there are a lot of people that right now they've either been laid off from their corporate jobs or they're worried about getting laid off from their corporate job. And sometimes I think about like, oh, if I was at Google, like I would just have a stable salary. But then I'm like, you know what? I could get laid off. I mean, Facebook laid off 11,000, 12,000 people last year. Nothing's for sure. And when you are an entrepreneur, there are certain things. I mean, of course, the economy is not within your control, but there are certain things that are within your control. One of them being diversifying your revenue streams. SEO is it, y'all, for creating an entirely new revenue stream, and I will die on this hill. So if you have not jumped into my free webinar yet, highly recommend checking it out. You can go to whatthefab.com slash webinar. I will also link to it in the show notes. I know that you will grab some serious SEO gems from the free webinar and 
if you take it and run with it, you will absolutely be able to grow that passive revenue stream. So again, that's whatthefab.com slash webinar. Other than that, I hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll be back again next week with a new one and I'll talk to you then. (laughs) 